0: Well, did you know that there is one phase of sleep that almost everyone fails to get enough of? And that one phase is responsible for your body's daily rejuvenation, repair, controlling hunger, weight loss, um, weight loss hormones, boosting energy, and much more. Of course, I'm talking about the deep phase of sleep. And if you don't get enough, you'll probably always struggle with cravings, slow metabolism, even premature aging possibly or worse. And most people don't get enough of this one most important phase of sleep. A big reason is magnesium deficiency. Over 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium. Magnesium increases GABA, which encourages relaxation on a cellular level, which is, of course, critical for sleep. Magnesium also plays a role in regulating body stress response. Those with magnesium deficiency usually have higher anxiety and stress levels, which can negatively impact sleep as well, of course. Now, before you go out and buy a magnesium supplement, it's important to understand that most magnesium products out there are either synthetic, or they have only one or two forms of magnesium, when the reality is your body needs seven forms of the essential sleep mineral. That's why I recommend a product of our friends over at BiOptimizers. They have created Magnesium Breakthrough. Taking this magnesium before bed helps you relax and wake up refreshed, energized, energized. The deep sleep benefits are really noticeable. I also love that Optimizers, offers free shipping on select orders, and they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee on all their products, plus they have a customer satisfaction rating of an impressive 99.3%. And you can get 10% off Magnesium Breakthrough at buyoptimizers.com slash Drew, that's D-R-E-W, and then be sure to use the code Dr. Drew for 10% off. That is B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash D-R-E-W. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Uh, a lot going on today. Be sure to support the people that support the pod, make it possible for us to keep doing this thing and keep the winds and the sails of the Corolla Pirate Ship. And do swing by Dr. Drew.com. Sign up on the contact list if you want, Dr. com slash contact. And uh, also Dr. Drew.tv will give you a blast. We go out for our streams every day. We try to make sense of what's going on, particularly on the, all the coronavirus stuff these days. It's a lot of I don't know. I don't even call even news anymore. It's just information out there, and trying to sort through it is impossible. And uh, of course, after dark, it's all at drdrew.com. dot com. Check it out there, and our uh, YouTube slash Dr Drew, Facebook Dr Drew. My privilege to welcome the author of Superman's Not <laughs> Coming: Our National Water Crisis and What We the People Can Do About It. Is a name you? Yeah, you may have heard this name. Over here. I'm not sure if you ever heard this name. The great Aaron Brockovich, how are you?
1: Oh my gosh, it's nice to be here, I'm hanging in there. So, if uh,
0: people were not around in the early two thousands, uh, Julia Roberts won an Academy Award playing playing Aaron. Uh, her website is brokovich b r o c k o v i c h dot com. Twitter at Aaron Brokovich uh, and the podcast. Tell me about that.
1: I'm really excited to be doing that. I yeah. will tell you, um a little harder than I thought. Pods
0: are interesting, aren't they? They
1: are interesting. And you know, I, I I don't tend to be one that has like, you know, an ego and I thought, Oh well this will be fun and I know how to talk and I can jump right in and do it. Um yeah, no.
0: <laughs> so is it is it are you doing a lot of interviewing of other people? Is that what's happening? Yeah,
1: so it's Superman's not coming. Yeah. And so it's Interviewing a lot of people. I opened up with Senator Boxer. She's such a trailblazer. Yeah. Um, you know, moms are on the rise. I back yeah. moms all day long, especially in the environmental arena. They oftentimes know what's going on, but they're pushed off their message. Yes. So um, and then I had Ken Cook from the environmental working group. And so it's going to be in between, you know, Environmental politics, the politicians, the leaders involved in that. All not you, involved in that. Badass moms yeah. all oh, day long. Oh really? I like that. Yes. I like that, idea. I like
0: that. It's funny. I just something something I'm gonna have you interpret something that caught my attention. I didn't know what to do with it, but I'll tell you in a second. Uh, which before I say that though, all you gotta do is ask questions about what you're interested in. If they say something that interests you, just ask it. That's that's your job. That's it. Oh yeah. Just be interested.
1: Oh, interested, interesting. I mean, the the interview
0: should be no harder than just being interested in whoever you're talking to.
1: I appreciate that. I usually am too, but it was, you know, it's one of those things. You hear your voice back, and you're like, oh, that's that's... you try to change your tone, that kind of stuff. Or (laughs) and when I try to be like you know, okay, I want to have, be really strategic and, and have everything written down. It's like, I just totally, it, yeah. you just have to be you. Yes. But you still feel, I don't know, got a mic in your face, you hear your voice, you're like, mm. it, it,
0: It's true. There, <laughs> There is there is this observing part of what yeah. you're hearing, but don't let that deter you from just being interested and present. That's, that's all you Well, hear.
1: that's, that's really seven. key, very present, mm-hmm. because you're always thinking maybe what to ask, and yeah. ask. In my mind, you know, somebody will say something, and I'm like, beep. I'll shoot right over here, and I'm that's like, okay. "Ooh, I need to come back." No, that's all right. We'll just write
0: that down. That's all. That's what. That's what these lists are for. So,
1: but uh, it, it's. I'm really happy to do it again. It's called Superman's Not Coming.
0: So back to the badass moms. So, oh. so Dana Bash is that her name on CNN? The blonde yes. woman, yeah. She re- reacted emotionally on TV. I, 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 it just stayed with me as a moment mm. where she was talking about Melania Trump's speech, mm-hmm. and she said. And she and Dana Bash was talking about it. And she goes, but when she said to your moms out there, I, I, I wanted to hear something. And I was really listening. Right. And I thought there's something profound in that, that moms need to get together or yes. there's something that moms aren't getting. Or I, I – it just, it just caught my attention. I thought, oh, there's something in that that we need to kind of pay attention
1: to. I think they get it. Uh They're everywhere, starting from my involvement in Hinkley, a single mom. But that's what – piqued my curiosity if this was my children so as a mom that sense of you know wonderment or fear or protecting my child kicked into gear roberta walker was the mom out in hinckley that spoke up we share it throughout the book with you all these communities that rose up it's moms we could talk about flint michigan it was a mom the first person that contacted me we're going
0: there there's something that has occurred to me is that uh African-American women are an extremely powerful group of people. Uh, And I would argue – I have no business arguing anything as it pertains to a community I'm not a member of. But let me just – from just looking at a historical sweep, man, it is the strength of African-American women putting everything on their back that Africans survived slavery. And Not not to diminish Mm -hmm. what the men did, but but it just seems to me like the women just just take it on. They do. They
1: feel deeply – heart yes they have empathy things get in their gut um but they and just, they just
0: put it on their back and they just take it they absolutely just, just go just going. it's like wow no, nobody, nobody ever gives them a chance to i don't think that people acknowledge that enough
1: i don't think we do either yeah and we they own it and you know that's one thing that knocks a lot of i've seen it happen with moms for 20 plus years throughout my career they they see it they know it they own it they'll often come to me and We say in the book they're looking for permission. What they're looking for is support. But when they get into the community, and that's this su- is
0: moms generally, moms generally. Okay, keep going.
1: When they get into the community and they get the pushback, you know, I grew up with the pushback. I recognized it in Hinkley, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. It's the, <laughs> oh, don't be a crazy mother. Don't, oh, don't think that's going on. It's it's not the water. And so it becomes that moment where you question yourself, am I crazy? And then you have to go, well, women always, no, I'm not. Women
0: do that already. <laughs> they already are busily taking inventories on themselves and what their Absolutely. piece is. Absolutely. So as soon as somebody puts it back on them, they're okay. Well, I'm back in my head again.
1: That's sh- that shifting. Is
0: that something we blame on the male patriarchy or are women as guilty as men of pushing back on moms? It's a hard question. Um, I mean, it's hard to know.
1: Generally, the moms start getting pissy when they have a sense that their child's been harmed. Yeah. They've learned something that a child's being poisoned or a neighbor or a family member. And so I think it's when they start speaking out about those issues, that's where the pushback comes from. For a whole host of reasons. Politically, from someone everywhere. doesn't want to know. It just know. comes from everywhere. Everywhere. It's, Companies we we, don't want you to know. So
0: we can't blame this on the male patriarchy. To, no. Except, except that it's our thing. We created all this, so to speak. <laughs> but yeah, it comes from – that's what it seems like to me too. It comes from every corner.
1: It does. Yeah. And for a whole host of reasons. you know. And I've heard it all. Don't say anything. You'll damage our property value. Well, uh, here's one thing I talk about constantly. It happened to me in Hinckley. threw me for a little bit of a loop. I was more prepared for Hinckley than I – Then I consciously knew subconsciously maybe things were going on just because of how I was raised. But I got the, you're not a doctor. Mm. You're not a lawyer. Mm. You're not a scientist. You're not a politician. And I'm like, oh, here we go again with the label. So you're going to put me in a box. Because I'm not this, I can't do what? Mm -hmm. Speak out? And I'm like, I don't have to be any of that to be a human. And to tell you what I see is wrong. I'm feeling what is wrong. I'm present here and really getting rooted in that.
0: You said how you were raised. How, how were you raised?
1: Well, I have a learning disability. I'm a dyslexic. Interesting. So very early in my life, I was judged, labeled, perceived, put in the box. I don't like it in there, Dr. Drew. <laughs> I don't blame you. I just don't. And here's the thing. None of us do. Yeah. There's so many labeling and judgment calls going on. It's ridiculous. Did, did, Gary,
0: did she and Adam get into this? I could imagine that they would share this territory. Oh, uh, we, we did. did. You, yeah, I bet. We did. he and, had the same issue.
1: And I think it's just a message that I've learned over 20 years I, that I'm not alone at all. And many mothers, especially in the communities as they're rising, they've experienced the same thing. They're not alone. And then I had great mom and dad. My mom taught me the value of stick to She was always my cheerleader. Where there were was, you? Where were you raised? Born and raised in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh,
0: right. That's right. Your yeah. dad was an engineer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mom was a te-
1: no, teacher. She was a journalist and a journalist, sociology right. major, and at one time was a teacher. And were
0: they, were they all at University of Kansas, or were they? Yes, both of them worked there.
1: Mom, uh, well, my mom's from Oklahoma, my dad was from Kansas. They met at the University of Kansas through their sorority and fraternity, and just stayed in Lawrence. Stan Lawrence, married 65 years.
0: And, and do they work with the university now? Or No, they've passed. Both have passed. Oh, did, so, did they as, when you were
1: growing up? Yes. Yeah. So my Well, my dad, as a mechanical engineer, he worked for Citigroup. Mm-hmm. He ultimately retired from the Department of Transportation mm-hmm. as a regional manager for Department of Transportation. My mom stayed at KU and ended up as um, acting director um, of the KU Alumni Association. Oh, how interesting. And so she used to write and edit for the magazine. So mom was always buzzing around. Both my parents understood something. I could be different as, as I was. They taught me that doesn't mean you're inferior. And they didn't put the label on me. But they said, if, if your self-esteem and that belief in yourself that you're different, so what? Own it. Um, forgive yourself for not being perfect because nobody is. That if that stayed intact, I would be okay. Okay.
0: In law school, did you use any special techniques to get? I didn't through? go to, law school. Oh,
1: I thought you went to I, law school. I'm not a lawyer. No, I thought no. Sure. Why would I want to be a lawyer? I can't even say liar half the time. Thus. You, you funny, know, I'm you, always you, teasing the when lawyer. Whenever I've interviewed you, you,
0: you talk like one. <laughs>
1: That's it because I've been around? You've been them around too, them too long. long. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I just assumed, <laughs> and it was an
1: assumption. Ed always used to want me to go to law school, and I'm like, no, I like being with the people. Yeah, and um, oftentimes they won't talk. To an attorney because they're uncomfortable uh. because they think i don't know the law you know the laws there's so much about the law and so many laws that are antiquated and outdated it can be challenged i think it's a new exciting time for oh, um youth Oof. coming into law because Wouldn't they'll be, be nice. the ones that will start to change some things that, so i that, like that should be your
0: new thing
1: I'm definitely
0: – Because there's some laws that are just insane. Oh,
1: are you kidding me? There's laws and policies that are horribly antiquated. Well, there
0: there are two things – there are two areas that, that, that I see, just regions of law that are just ridiculous and giving us everything bad that we can just look out our window and, and see and be, be, behold. One is – the easy one for me is all the laws around helping people with brain diseases. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to help them. You're not allowed to clean up their feces. If they don't want you to, which is if if the person had dementia with the same symptoms Mm -hmm. and you didn't help them, you're Mm -hmm. guilty of elder abuse. Mm -hmm. But if you have schizophrenia with the exact same symptom profile, well, you can't can't go near. And believe me, once you get those people in treatment, they are pissed. You left me out on the street like what? (laughs) What the (laughs) on the street like that? You left. What do you think you were doing? And so those laws are bizarre we, and, and
1: They ridiculous. are. And, and, you know, we became a country of laws. Mm-hmm. And everything that we did for law back in the day was all good and well and meaning. But you know what? We're a different society today. We and know th- more too. Absolutely. We, know, we understand
0: these things. We can do more. And these
1: laws aren't applicable oh my to, God. today. You know, it always amazes me back to Flint, um, the lead and copper rule. Because most people are like, well, what's the lead and copper rule? Well, lead and copper rule was – started back, you know, with Safe Drinking Water Act and it basically says you can test for lead in your system once every 4 years. What? Hmm. weird. Every 4 years. Eh. And you can average your samples.
0: Wow. So oh, it, it, like over 12 years or something?
1: You can average them over that testing period. So the person with the high numbers at the end of the line is never going to know. Right. Because you get to average the numbers. This is there's there's laws that almost make you pause and think, and we talk about that this in the book. Is this by design? So you don't find information?
0: Well, is it, it, it could have been, right? It could I mean, there, have been. there might have been people involved in the process of making those laws who had a point of
1: view. Absolutely. And <laughs> so a, you know, an maybe extra, it right? worked then, but that kind of law doesn't apply today. We're a completely different society. We've got all these, you know, lead contaminations. I mean, Flint is one of hundreds. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous! Dan Kildee jumped in and did a really good job on reforming the lead and copper rule. Here's the thing: we have an opportunity to look at laws and policies that don't work anymore, mm-hmm. and how we can reform them, make them better, more applicable to, to what be is happening state, today.
0: State by state, does that, be, does that need to be state by state, or is there federal laws? There's
1: federal laws and there's state laws. Both.
0: So the other thing, in addition to the conservatorship and all kind of stuff I was talking about that needs to change is in the general category of immunity granted to politicians and law enforcement officers. So when I hear people chanting for justice, I just think, no, that's the, that's the system as it operates unless you change it. Because mm-hmm. like four people die in the streets of Los Angeles every day mm-hmm. from homelessness and you can't hold the politicians accountable for those mm-hmm. deaths. People are being shot. All the, this is what all the unrest is about, people being killed, and then seemingly no justice to the, the person pulling the trigger. But that is the justice system doing what it does unless you change the laws.
1: Correct. And I think that that's a whole lot of the frustration and the overspill that you're seeing today. It was bound to come, and it happened. And they've maybe tried or been told they can't or just experienced, like we've talked about, that whole – putting the doubt on someone and this is we talk about this in superman's not coming and this is what badass moms do you said we uh, suzanne boothby oh. um, and i um, i've you know this is a compilation of my my work over 20 years so it's talking with the moms again um, you know roberta walker and what happened to the ladies in hannibal missouri and the moms in tonganoxie kansas they ran tyson out on a rail to uh, a Waterkeeper and Pukipsky, who through just the power of observation changed things and stopped people from getting sick. Mm. And so when I say we, you know, it's always a collective. And I talk about logic, leverage, and loyalty. Logic's your common sense. We've moved away from that. Moms are real good at it. They know. Leverage, that's often seems to be a dirty word. It's a great word. And Prince, you know, mathematically, one plus one equals two. But when you leverage your community and you get that movement, one plus one is a thousand or more. And that makes a huge difference. That's the collective.
0: Talk to me about what do you think moms are thinking today? Not, not just about their drinking water, but where, where moms need to kind of – I feel like moms need to be heard.
1: Moms do need to be yeah. heard. And I think that they are. And they're, they're starting to find their voice. Um, you know, knowledge is power. And I see every single time when in Hannibal we talk about it's a perfect example and by the way this happens in most all of the communities we don't see the big picture Dr. Drew we think Hinkley's a one-off you know but if if you see the big picture and you realize it's all of us they all kind of start waking up at the same time and they've already felt that frustration but in Hannibal they cal- reached out to us they had lead levels in some spots in the distribution system higher than Flint mm. so we mobilized on the ground with them and we educated them on what was happening. It was adding ammonia to the system. They were eager to learn, willing to learn, and they made it their business now to understand ammonia. So they,
0: ammonia was leaching the lead?
1: Uh, what happens is when you add the ammonia to the system, it renders chlorination less effective. We see more Legionnaire outbreaks. You get caustic water. And if you have lead pipes, it causes the pipes to corrode and pit. And then the lead and iron and manganese will precipitate out. So they went door to door, they educated the town, they made it their job, they were making progress, Um, they decided, you know, what more can we do? Well, one of them ran for city council and won. Oh, wow, that's great. So we're seeing moms on the rise that way with getting involved and not being afraid to get involved in running for city council. We're seeing more and more women, 126 now are going to be in the House of Representatives and Congress. Congresswomen and getting involved. And many of them, they're moms. And so in Hannibal, Missouri, they're just like, oh, hell to the no. We're going to make this our job. So 1-1 on city council, they did a referendum, put it out to vote. Ammonia, yes or no? Town had been educated. Vote no. Well, I'm happy to tell you, March 2020, they have lead free water. They didn't wait for something magical or Superman to come fly out behind the curtain and come down to Hannibal and fix it. They did it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important message. Imagine if every community did what they did in Hannibal in multiple communities in every state. You'd actually start solving some of our water issues, and moms are pissed because it's affecting children. And we are seeing health issues related to environmental problems in children, and moms aren't going to have it.
0: And, and the water is a metaphor for many, many other
1: things that
0: are threatening
1: you know i'm so glad you said that um what i've learned water is the metaphor we are water if you peel back the layers of this book and the environment it's amazing how you find yourself where you can hear yourself and that voice and find that strength and through illnesses of children and environmental disasters mom peel back those layers and they get to the core of who they are
0: what What is the update on Flint? It's certainly not in the news regularly anymore.
1: Well, um, it settled for $600 million, so the lawsuit was going. And I don't – that will help to the future. You know, Flint and the families, and especially the children, will be scarred for a lifetime from that. They are making some progress. It's better. They're not there yet. They got the settlement behind them. Um, and I think they'll start moving forward much quicker. But we have to remember – you know the news is sensational, right? And, and, I, again, I, I
0: don't know what it is. And I, <laughs> I, I, and I
1: sh- every I sh- report, yeah,
0: it's I shudder to even use the word the call it news. I don't know what to call it anymore.
1: But we never follow back it, up anything no. on what's happened to no. these people. And um, they are a perfect example. They stayed together as a group. The moms band together. They were there for the children. Dr. Mona was available. So all aspects of the collective started to work together for their one issue. They've made good progress. But I'll tell you, the wheels of justice do spin so slowly. It took six years. And they've been going through hell for six years. But they had that power of what I call stick And that's your sense of follow-through. That is your dogged, determined, persistence, obligation, born of stubbornness. Most bombs are like that. Do you,
0: you, as you think about other issues that are sort of worthy of similar sorts of focus uh, to what you've done with water, are there other things that sort of come to mind for you?
1: Well, whatever your cause is, you have to have the right tools to fight. Um, I've been a foot soldier, if you will, on the ground, um, traversing back and forth, and have learned a lot. And
0: Maybe this – is there something we – let's sort of drill on that a little bit. If you could br- give us some of that just sort of procedural stuff that you've learned because most of us are like, oh, changing the government. Oh, my God. Changing the government. Oh, my God. How would we ever – where would I start other than getting together with other people?
1: You start with yourself. That's where the biggest change occurs of all and that's what I've seen in these communities and it was the same growth process I had um, and the wisdom that you can capture along the way. You know, if you just keep hitting your head against a wall and a wall and a wall, everyone, I watch them. I watch the light come on for them. They kind of start backing up and they take a look at themselves. You almost have to give yourself permission, (laughs) you know, to like yourself, to forgive yourself. Uh, We are imperfect. I learned to brace my vulnerability of dyslexia and it actually became my gift. And getting noises out of your head. That is the biggest problem. We doubt ourselves. I tell people in my keynotes the only person standing in your way of your perception of success and being heard is yourself. And oftentimes we're looking for, you know what? I figured out, Dr. Drew, yes, a really long time ago that tell helped me. Well, <laughs> Prince Charming's not coming either. Right. I'm Superman, <laughs> Prince Charming. Why are these male figures? Why couldn't Queen Elizabeth come and solve problems? So, but the point being is this is a journey. Of self-discovery and I have always found my space of that self-discovery is in connection with the environment Mm. where I can go walk on beach just sit outside and, and listen to the wind wrestling around where I can hear my thoughts hear myself think find a space of you know I may be all kinds of fucked up but I still love who I am And I want to believe in who I am. And guess what? Nobody can do that for me except me. And this is what I have found amazing about moms. And it's been a voice for a long time that whether we've expected mom to be everything or expected mom just because she's mom, she doesn't go beyond that. Moms do and know everything anyway. My mother did. She had eyes in the back of her head. She would know things that I didn't even know. And I don't know, but I've said it before. There's... This is my Wizard of Oz theory, uh, Dr. Drew, Okay, I'm, I'm and I've been ears. obsessed with it. It's not the movie. It's the book, uh, and L. Frank Baum, writing of the book, The Wizard of Oz, that led to the film. He wrote the book as a way to teach his children the power of individualism and thinking for oneself in a world that would increasingly start speaking for them. And this was at the pre-height of the Industrial Revolution. Hmm. There's a whole political allegory to Wizard of Oz. Oh, I'm
0: sure. It's like Mary Poppins, yeah. That
1: fascinates yeah. me. And uh, Dorothy is the girl next door. She's all of us on a journey to find her life. As we know, the tornado happens. And in the book, in the political allegory, the tornado is a representation of disruption in D.C. And so here she lands from the tornado. The house lands on the citizens who are angry if he knows follow the yellow brick road, they're yeah. pissed. Yeah, and they tell her to follow that yellow brick road, which is follow the money. And they're, and, they're pissed
0: because they've been tormented.
1: Too. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the yellow brick road is about the gold standard. Okay. Follow the path of money. Uh. So here's Dorothy, every girl next door, on a journey to find her life. She meets the Scarecrow. Scarecrow is a representation of the American farmer. Oh. And everyone thought at that time he had no brain because they were buying the farmland. Mm. So we've got every girl day, girl next door, we've got the American farmer. And then she meets the Tin Man, It's a representation of industry, sure. who lost his heart because of how he was treated. And I'm looking at all these things, and I'm like, hmm, God, that sounds familiar. Hmm, God, that sounds familiar. And then they meet the Cowardly Lion, who's a representation of L. Frank Baum's best friend, William Bryan's Jenning, Oh. who was always running for president, known for his fiery rhetoric, but had no courage. Huh. So here they go on the yellow brick road to find the wizard. The wizard could be anybody. Every day I ask myself who they are and where you are. These ideas that we have that will be the ones to fix it or save us. On the journey, they got put to sleep by the wicked witch Mm -hmm. who didn't want them finding out the truth. Mm. I've always found that interested that they got to put to sleep in the poppy field. And I look at us today, mm-hmm. and I'm like, were we asleep? Have we been comfortable or complacent?
0: Hey, look, now the derivative of the poppy is literally putting us to sleep.
1: Absolutely. And dying. And is there a moment that's happening where we're waking up? You know the moral of the story. They get there, and they find out there is no wizard. But guess what they learned? And this is the message that I've I've learned myself. I've seen communities wake up to, and I think we're happen- it's happening right now. That we the people, we have a heart, we got a brain, we can find our courage, and and we can get things back. We can find our way home. Mm. And I truly believe that. If we start to believe in ourselves again, and we have to learn that nobody can do that for you, you are going to have to do that for yourself.
0: I think we're a little lost on where home is, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like if well, you asked every as- person what's, you know, if... Metaphorically, Dorothy's going home. Where would you be going? This
1: planet. And I think that the planet is in peril. We all see it. We are facing climate change. Uh, You can call it whatever you want. We have climatic conditions changing, more hurricanes. We're all watching California burn. We're in a drought. It's hotter. We have more polluted water. And I believe our home is this planet. And it is in peril as well.
0: It's interesting the whole um, struggle with water and the environmental issues. I, I was very involved in it back in the seventies, and then
1: guy, you're going to date us?
0: He, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> wait to wait to hear the issues. Then it was acid rain, which we solved with GMOs essentially, and dams ruining the ecosystems, mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. and algae blooms from mm-hmm. phosphates going coming Still off farmlands. Here. But it was uh, – it was. we declared it was never – we'd gone past the point of no return and there was no way to bring things back. And that was when Lake Michigan looked like a garbage dump, if you remember that whole mm-hmm. period. And we made it back. We made it back and now we got a bunch more problems. <laughs> bunch other we problems. do.
1: And so, I'm glad you bring that up because I start in the book uh, in the 60s when I was growing up. Yes, I will date myself. I'm actually 60 now with four grandchildren. But in the 60s, you know, uh, the Cayuga River was on fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know – how we are st- – I don't know how I'm still here having a, this freaking conversation and having written this book after everything that went on in Hinkley and how we're not better. And I, I understand what you're, you're, you're saying here. This is overwhelming and sometimes it's just like I can't even deal with it anymore. Um, but to your point, we are inherently great. We're just not solution-driven. We have every reason to jump in here and start correcting course. It can be done. And I find that hopeful. I find Badass Moms on the Rise hopeful. I find the fact that, that we're in a shift and um, there's this disruption is here, it doesn't have to be gloom and doom. I think it's, it can break open that bridge, if you will, of us to find a way to get to some of these issues and actually work towards the solution.
0: So I in terms of hitting one's head against the wall I, I am someone mm-hmm. that's hitting my head I, it's not environmental issue I've been very I I can't stand the homeless situation because these are all pa- mm-hmm. these are my patients on the street mm-hmm. dying and so as a clinician I look at it just I can't I can't get up every day and think I just drives me out of my mind but I have been banging my head against the wall for two years uh, and things are worse instead of better <sighs> Where do you go with that? I have no problems. I have no self-doubt about it. I have no – I'm just tired. I'm getting. – I'm not hopeless because of anything going on internally. I'm hopeless because literally I've tried everything. And there's – we're on the eve of bubonic plague in, in Los Angeles. It will break out here. I promise. Yes. You. It, we've had our first human case up in Northern California. Yes. I read that. We have we have a rat, rodent bloom here that is right. – ex, Exceeds anything in any civilized civilization ever. It's, and, and we've been in a typhus outbreak for years, and the, what follows typhus is ursinia, which is plague. So we're going to have it. Um, they don't, no, no one cares. No one cares.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I, I've it's, actually been that way for about 20 years. No one cares. Um, there's a couple of things I do. First of all, I do get tired. And yeah. when I'm tired and I talk about that, in order to have your motivation, you've got to have some self-renewal. And allow yourself to either say, I'm tired, I can't deal with this for a week, go play golf, go on yeah, a staycation. Good. I mean, I took
0: a break because of coronavirus. It was just like, that, but that me. really oh, wasn't a break. But I mean, there's too many things at once. That was so. a stressful <laughs> yeah, break. No kidding.
1: Uh, still is. And so um, take that break. I have found that when I do, I go somewhere back to uh, on the beach, playing yeah. golf, yeah. outdoors. Um, and... Restrategizing. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over well, and over again? Well, right. And, and,
0: and, and maybe you know, what occurs to me is, to your point about the moms, is is collaborating or, or forming a you know, One, coalitions.
1: 100%. Yeah. And when you take that break, when you are renewed, you find your motivation again. And we give you a lot of information in this book about networks and places, and you have to know your cause. And there's many causes out there, right? Mm -hmm, It doesn't mm -hmm. always have to be about the environment. But the point of my message is, whatever your cause is, you will need the right tools to fight. And that is some strategy. That is some renewal. And as I said, it's logic getting back to a common sense place, you know, even in the movie, that scene, um, you make things complicated and they're not. You know, keep yeah. it simple. I mean, and I, we've gone away from that. And to what the point you just said, joining the collective. None of us are going to get any of these huge issues, like you said, resolved alone. One,
0: one of the things that keeps occurring to me, and you tell me if you have these thoughts once in a while, You, you when the collectives, the coalitions don't quite form or there's still no progress, you just go... <laughs> I gotta run for office. I got. I gotta go in. Be in the system. Right. You don't want to be
1: involved in yeah, politics, I, I, but I
0: don't want to be. But, but you but can you feel, in many ways. But you feel like I uh, got. I gotta, I gotta push, push these assholes out. I, I just got, someone's got to. Who knows what they're doing? has got to get in there and take care of this.
1: We have one of the youngest city council members, nineteen-year-old in um, Flint. Well, you uh, said that some of these women went and they from, are running council, for yeah. office, and the, that is. Have you ever thought about doing that? Oh yes, people right. ask me that all the time. Okay,
0: and. I know it's, it's I exactly. You, where I feel I like tired oh my god today. Um, not just tired, but like oh my god. That how, if I'm not frustrated on the outside, I'll be frustrated on the inside. That's what it feels like to me.
1: Well, it's we've got a changing of the guards, and this goes to courage, and um, this goes to the idea that you have to be this, that, or this in order to run for an office. Mm. Bullshit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, moms are figuring that out. Women are figuring that out.
0: But to be fair, um, I,
1: there, that doesn't mean men no, are No, no, I'm going to
0: say that. Oh, no, right. Of course. But, but say what you will about Sarah Palin's politics. I always admired her story. She was sitting on the sidelines in a hockey game and went, I could do a better job than the governor. And then the governor. That to me, I'm like, I, I don't care what your politics are when you go and do something I like that. I agree with I'm completely you. And
1: it's very, involved. very true. And yeah. that is very inspiring. Yeah. And I talked to my own friends about this who stayed at home, raised their ch- children. I said, like, Well, I couldn't do that. Yes, you can. Hmm. You just have to decide. It's unfortunate. We have to go to that place of politics to get things changed. Yeah. But if that's where this journey leads you and you can make that change, damn, I'm behind you and a whole lot of other people will be too. However, and, you
0: managed to avoid my question about you and politics.
1: Well, um, yes, I've thought about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't – I'm I am a great observer. <laughs> and I'm like if I see a place to run for an office where I actually could affect change – because I don't want to get involved in a bunch of bullshit up there.
0: Right. That's what it looks like to me. I could be just, I as, really be just don't. as frustrating.
1: It's like could we stop
0: yeah. at any
1: point now? It is. Yeah. That, then I would um when Senator Boxer left, I actually even thought about running for Senate. Uh, Kumala Harris ended up mm-hmm. taking that position um
0: <laughs> did she did you have that conversation you, you interviewed her on your podcast i did did you no, have that conversation I, no. Cause she's she's <laughs> sort of one of those people that would encourage you i think. she's a trailblazer yeah. uh,
1: and I appreciate so much um you know. One thing I did learn is, you know, somebody used to – somebody, someone always asked me, you know, what would you have on your gravestone? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know other than the dash, uh. <laughs> which is all it really is. I go, I gave a damn. Yeah. But Senator Boxer was the same, someone who gives a damn. And you don't have to be anyone in particular to just give a damn and to see what's wrong and um, address those concerns. Um, and oftentimes it starts with you. And and for me, that's so great when you said the metaphor, water's the metaphor, Mm -hmm. and Superman's not coming. If you you get involved, what happens in the journey and the process and you pull the layers back will be one of true self-discovery.
0: One of your um, directions is to show up in this book. Right. Show up at meetings and things. Talk to me more about that because I don't think people— Well, everybody's always
1: like, what is the first thing I'm supposed to do? You know, remember in high school, you go to write that report and you're— Agonizing for doing staring days. at the
0: and, empty page. And,
1: that's right. Once you get that first sentence down, right? Yeah. Then let light like, flows. That's the first thing you need to do. Just show up. But, You're not going to have all the answers. Just show up. But you just mean literally show
0: up? Show up. You mean go to a city council meeting? Oh, my and go gosh, council, yes. Yeah. Literally show up.
1: Literally, have you ever been to city council meeting?
0: I've seen them and I just think, oh, my God, I don't think I could do it. I don't but think I could
1: sit through it. 100% of the time, there's no one in there. They're just talking to themselves. I think we have a duty and an obligation as a citizen to frickin' show up.
0: Every L.A. County meeting I've seen is filled with rooms. The room is filled with people screaming. Well, filled. And nonsense. Yeah, That's the part I can't.
1: I can't we've had some much better luck in city council chambers. And um, uh, Carson, where the carousel track is, Shell had the big tank farm leak they literally had the crude coming up in their backyard and the benzene and we know how contaminate, you know, that's poisonous is number of people with cancers. And we had, you know, over a thousand show up Um, and they were strategic. And, you know, we, we plan here again, it is just show up, you know, get involved, have the power of a community, um, collectively have a strategy and they all wrote down on a piece of paper, the experience they were having. Man, woman, family, brother, sister, child. They each brought a stuffed guinea pig and they put their note on it and they piled them up in the middle of the city council chambers. It was impressive. That thing was six feet high by six feet overflowing with stuffed guinea pigs because they said we don't want to be that anymore. The city council, we were in there for hours. They had to listen to everybody. A, I can be honest with you, I don't think they knew what the hell had been going on. And it wasn't until we showed up, the people, and told them what was going on and had the tools to send an effective message. I'll tell you what. There was a cleanup order next morning. Right. Just show up. Don't, I think of everything like the Super Bowl. Don't sit on the sidelines. Okay? And so you get, here's why I think sometimes we don't get in the game. You're going to pick up the ball and you're going to rush 30 yards. You're going to get smacked down. Before you even get into the game, be prepared for that. Yeah. You're gonna get pushed back. That's where you're gonna have to toughen up a little. Don't imagine watching the Super Bowl and you just threw the ball down and stomped off the field. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Get back up, pick the ball up again. This is really an important message. What we you just the minute you don't get what you want the first time, don't go away. Get involved when you're in your cause, and I'll tell you that's something about badass moms they're in it. Relentless. It doesn't matter if it's a year, mm. five years, seven years, they're in it.
0: I just, I just uh, hearing you talk occurred to me, there's something I had been worrying about a long time ago, I haven't thought about it in some time, but just, I'm going to tip you off. You know JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is NASA's thing. It's mm. a Caltech analog. It's in La Cunada, and it's up against the hillside there. Uh, yeah. My kids were played junior All-American football in La Cunada, and Several of the dads had leukemia Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is a little weird, a little concerning to me and and I went running in Devil's Gate Dam which is what just sits below JPL Mm -hmm. and there are pools of water in there with these signs around it with skulls and crossbones and I'm like – (laughs) <laughs> something, something is going on here. Doctor concerns me a little bit. I, I just the first all, I Did said, you
1: take a picture of that?
0: No, it, it, the city put the signs up. They know it's there, and and it's like I and it's like I and, and that couldn't get in the water. And we got these dads with leukemia. It's like I, it just worried me that. I, and I had somebody look into it to see if they're technically wow. f- fit the criteria for an outbreak, like a like a local cluster of leukemia. It, it didn't. But it's still the whole thing always stayed with me. Like, Um,
1: let me tell you, you though, we we talk about science in here. Bought and paid for science. No, we don't want to have that conversation. Listen, science has a place and I know you're a doctor and I respect that and I know that and I understand that science takes a long time. I think we're seeing a moment where science is catching up with the law or policies and we don't always understand it. That's something, again, that I don't want us to take for granted. And you just said there, look. (laughs) So I was talking to a scientist on the radio show, and they're a little pissy with me. um, And they said, be honest. You don't have all the data, Aaron, to prove that this is, in fact, harming people. You're right. I don't. Uh But here's the other side and what you haven't thought of. You don't have all the data either to conclude that it doesn't. And so that situation out in JPL, uh, I go straight to a cup. First of all, I know some little rumors going around about there. We have to look at the fact that these companies dump a lot of toxins. Or, or they That's used just to a fact. or whatever. Or I they know, used yeah, to. Yeah. Um, and it's caught up with us. Yeah. Uh, like Rocketdyne. You live near me. You're familiar with Rocketdyne. Mm-hmm. Well, here in my book, I have one of their documents um, from the employees that chased around what was called the BRFC, the Big Red Fucking Cloud which was full of hydrazine and exotic fuels because we used to test rockets out there, right? Mm-hmm. Their job was to report back if it was falling out onto the communities. And it was, and they were concerned. And so they got to upper management, and the response was, so what if we kill people with our testing? Oh, my gosh. We have lawyers to handle matters like that. Oh, boy. Ooh. Is this an antiquated form of freaking thinking yeah. and a business model, an yeah. idea that we need? we need to change some things? We talk about the EPA. Honestly, what logical sense is there in, oh, okay, let's take all these chemicals that have been known to cause cancer and let's just put them into the marketplace first and we'll figure out later what they do. It's just kind of ass backwards. Look, I could sit here and blame everybody and all of this for everything, but here's the thing that's going to get us nowhere. I just want us to stop and take a look at ourselves and how we can get involved Because there are solutions moving forward to make us better people, healthier society, uh, get this country that I think we all love back on some track and into the future. And all the finger pointing in the world won't do it. These are the issues. Let's acknowledge them. And how do we get busy fixing them? And if we just do people get involved in the community, you get involved with the homelessness. If each one of us took care of that, at some level within ourselves and our own community, and imagine we did that across the board, actually, honestly, Dr. Grew, I think we'd get something done.
0: I think we ought to leave this there because I think that's a perfect place to to end and say read Aaron Brockovich's Superman's Not Coming. It's our national water crisis and what people can do about it. The podcast uh, is Podcast One an Apple Podcast. It's Superman's Not Coming. That's the name of the podcast. Anything, Our national water
1: crisis. Any, what anything, we the people can do about anything it. Anything
0: coming up on the pod that you're excited about?
1: I'm excited about a whole lot of stuff um, coming up on the podcast. So I've got um, badass moms. That's the ones that I'm telling ya give think, yeah, you give me the greatest satisfaction.
0: just had a place for moms to bring their causes –
1: it, it, and, and, and we do. Yeah. And there's a lot of them and the moms that are up against Duke Energy and Don Chapman and, and all the situation happening in, um, St. Louis, Missouri. You know, the moms in Tottenham, Kansas. I don't want Dyson dumping their shit in my water and affecting my kids. They ran them out on a rail. My inspiration. I become their biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Do not think that I am a one-off. It, I am you, you or me. We are all together, right, Doctor Drew? These badass moms—they're everywhere. They're there. They're finding their voice. They're on the rise. They're the ones to watch. And I am telling you, I will cheer them on all day long.
0: Fall Aaron at Brockovich.com. dot B r o c k o v i c h. Twitter handles at Aaron Brockovich. It's E R I N Brockovich. And uh, any place else we want to send people before we wrap it up.
1: That to a, the podcast. To the, to the podcast. Book. To the book. We got um, that in you know, there. Uh, t- so t- they
0: look for you on. Oh, are you on Fox 11 tonight? I think.
1: I think that's right. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> you're, be you're like, better at this than I about, am. I'm like, wait what, a minute. Where am I today? What's
0: that, Gary? That was a week and a half ago. Or I understand so. that. <laughs> right. I, I understand it was a while ago, but but uh, it's, we're going to see each other again. Do, you, do we know what we're talking about?
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know it's a surprise, right? It's, uh, it it's will be. It's always so, fun. So
0: we'll see because this is uh, my. my, my executive producer was just extolling your virtues virtues like, I, I can't get
1: enough of she's coming on badass moms so, badass right. women we're coming around I, you right. know listen i i want to just say with this i i'm like everyone else i'm feeling <laughs> everything that's oh jesus yeah. yeah me too but i gotta tell you um because of our, our conversation about badass moms because of that moment that i think we the people we are waking up we are Um, That gives me hope.
0: We will leave it right there. Aaron Brockovich, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time.